Just a quick service announcement to all the core queens and lords out there in the boogieverse. This episode of the podcast is proudly sponsored by Hitch Tea. A high performance tea made by two born and bred Aussie legends who were dissatisfied with the hot beverage market and wanted to introduce a viable product that would meet all of the customer's needs. This stimulating tea provides a slower release of caffeine for longer lasting energy throughout the day and provides clear conscious clarity without the freaky-deaky jitters or midday energy crashes that coffee can provide. The crew over at Hitch have kindly offered to throw in a 15% discount if you use the code RIPTIDE15. All in lower cases, that's RIPTIDE15 at the checkout of hitchtea.com. So go grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy the upcoming episode. Yow! It was all a pipe dream, watching bodyboarding up on TV. Deep at reef, watching tension repeats, eating bakery feeds at 18. Living the dream with no sunscreen, yeah, we were so keen. Surfing Aussie pipe, buying Riptide, eating shit pies. Okay, g'day and welcome to the Riptide Bodyboarding Podcast, the home of bodyboarding. Thank you for joining us on episode 46 of our Verbal Journaling, and I'm your host, Luke O'Connor. Well, today's guest is a 2017 bodyboard world champion. I've probably given it away already, but I'll continue to read out his accolades. He's a successful vlogger and social media guru who has amassed a really solid following. I definitely want to get into that later on in the episode because it's a hard thing to do, especially in the bodyboarding world. Um, Rides for sniper boards, Churchill's uh, swim fins, sells boogie merch through his online store, um, which I definitely want to tap into a little bit later, called Boogie Every Day. Um, and just an all-round self-made marketing guru. I'm talking to none other than Ian Campbell, man. Welcome to the lounge. Jeez, bro. Thanks so much. <laughs> that was far exceeded, ex- exceeded my expectations of what you were going to say. But, yeah, I appreciate it. Um, st- stoked to be here and excited to chat. Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. I've been looking forward to our chat for a long time. And, um, you know, I, I just wanted to start off with exactly what I just said in the intro. Like your presence on social media and on YouTube is quite strong. Um, you know, I consistently see you posting week in, week out and a lot of different cool um, kind of concepts you're going for, like not just the traditional bodyboarding um, action-packed sessions and all that kind of stuff. There's there's some different, you know, landscape and culture that you're throwing in there. So just give us a rundown of why you're vlogging and, and what made you, you know, represent yourself in that way. Yeah, it's, I mean, it comes, it kind of stemmed from, you know, I was, I grew up, um, you know, I didn't grow up with all the money in the world and I wasn't a surfer, so I wasn't getting those big paychecks. And, you know, as, as a young kid that had kind of succeeded super early, you know, I'd, I'd won two national titles before I was 15. And, um, I just got kind of the people I was hanging out with were the right people. Um, you know, they weren't the best in their sport at the time. And, um, they kind of just pushed me into really focusing on the social media side of things and and having a presence online and i think it's what kind of like you know kind of kind of when you when you're young and you get put in that position where you have to kind of like you know start your own website and build your own platforms and then get on the instagrams and kind of follow those trends i think you kind of pick up on certain things and i was just lucky that i was kind of like pushed into that direction um 
and you know two of these people completely different from from our sport the the one was a paddler named Barry Lewin and the other was one of my brother's best friends who was also kind of an athlete and and trying to do that kind of stuff and uh, his name was Warwick McNichol and both of them kind of like pushed me into you know like starting a blog back in the day when it was like you know when that was cool to do and and write stories and report on events and I just got put into this like really kind of athlete like professional athlete kind of like mindset and that's kind of what drove that initial kind of takeoff from you know looking at just looking at social media so different to how everyone else does and and being a professional athlete and trying to like kind of you know in a sport that wasn't really that professional like maybe try and kind of better myself and be the standout in that in that way and yeah I think it's it's just worked and you know, now with everything changing so much and social media being such a big part of the sporting side of things, you know, you can't just be an athlete anymore. You've got to be you're kind of your own agent. You've got to be kind of self-promoting yourself and managing yourself. And, and especially in our sport where we don't have much money, you know, you, you try and find each and every way where you can monetize certain things. And, you know, the, the older I got, the more I realized how important that was. And, and that's kind of my path that I've taken. I've kind of taken the monetization side of of the social medias and of everything else. And it, it hasn't been easy. And it's, it's you know, it's always like when you say those kind of things on like social media and marketing guru, like I don't look at it that way. I've just been so like kind of funneled into thinking in that way that it's kind of natural now. And I don't, yeah, it's it's hard to kind of explain the whole situation, but it's just this build-up of years and years of being kind of prepped to think that way and to work that way that that's kind of led me to this position. And it's really new age and um, very entrepreneurial, you know, of yourself to just throw yourself in to the bodyboarding world like that, you know, as you were saying before that you had some very good, um, you had some very good idols and you had some very good people just guiding you in in that direction and it really is at that pivotal age when you when you are young and you're a sponge and you're absorbing all that information that you know it does mold into the person you are today and it's it's just shows the character of yourself and just to give those people accolades before you've even told your own story but um you know man like just yeah you, you hit the nail on the head and i want to go back to the point you were halfway through with that spiel saying that you know in a world of bodyboarding it really isn't that professional and it has caught up a lot but you were one of the first to really kind of drive towards that and you can see through um you know your boogie merch, merch uh instagram's got over forty thousand followers man like that's pretty solid for a bodyboarding online store that's just a side hustle from an athlete who has you know many income streams like it's it's sick i and i really would class it as entrepreneurial you've you've taken your athletic prowess and your success in the sport and sort of this day succeeding but branching off and it's very smart because you can't just put your all all your eggs in one basket and every great every great gambler or politician or world leader will tell you that you've got to have um you've got to have backup plans and yeah it's cool to see for sure i mean you know i can't i can't take all the credit for for growing that page i mean it's mostly been my wife she kind of like you know we work kind of hand in hand in that but she's kind of running the account at the moment and it's been super impressive to just kind of like i kind of like i wouldn't say i taught her to do what she needed to do but i kind of like 
pushed her into doing the things that she's done. But I mean, she took it from like, you know, when it was like 6K and I was like, we're kind of getting by and starting things slow. And then I was saying to her, oh, maybe we should do this and maybe we should do that. And we kind of sat down and we had these like, it's kind of weird to like sit down with your wife and have these like business discussions. But (laughs) it was like, it was one of those things where this thing was starting to kind of grow and it was, it was making a bit of money. And I was like, man, we should maybe like, because I I couldn't, you know, this is, I guess, let me, let me kind of discuss like a few things before we get into that. But like, the thing with bodyboarding is like, I feel like, you know, the top guys right now, like Tanner and Tristan, I mean, those, those are the guys that are really like shining right now, but they're able to put a hundred percent into their competition. And I felt like after 2021 and the COVID time and everything else, I just found like, you know, I couldn't put that 100% in without, like, trying to do the vlogging on the side and, like, giving that, you know, the 25% it needs and then giving the, the boogie every day, like, you know, another 15 or 20%. And once you start splitting your time up and your, your kind of, like, focus, it's really hard to, like, put that 100% back into competition. And... I see those guys, they're like, they're so focused on the competition. And, and that's where I was, you know, 2016, 2017, 2018. Like I lived and breathed competition. Like, you know, I would, I would miss friends like weddings and I would like, you know, I'd just avoid like doing anything other than like focusing on bodyboarding. And it, as selfish as it was, it was like, that was the dream, you know, it was my dream to get a world title and, and get to that point. But I feel like once you can't put that 100% in, you start to kind of like diversify yourself, especially when you don't have a team around you that's like helping you do that. It's so difficult to kind of focus on all those other things and put 100% into everything. And that's kind of like where I was in 2021 when I started the brand. I was like, maybe I just need to like, you know, it came up on YouTube. Oh, do you want to like monetize and start selling on a shop? And I was like, not really, you know, (laughs) because at that time I was like, what's what's the point in like you know like now i'm gonna put another another aspect on on the line like i'm gonna give up more of my time to kind of focus on this and then i was like but you know what we're not doing anything else like i might as well give this a go and that's kind of where it started and it's just so crazy that it's kind of changed from me being this like super like driven competitive like really focused kind of like competition guy to being this like oh, I can, I can do six or seven other things and, and kind of like give them all their, you know, 20 to 25% that they need to be successful. Um, and then kind of like, you know, just manage the time and stuff. And, and I just wasn't able to do that with the Boogie Every Day stuff even. So like my wife comes on board and she like, yeah, she, I mean, she's really been like super focused on it and it's been super sick to see and you know, we go down and shoot the merch and shoot photos of, of this clothing and, like, try and build this kind of brand. Like, both of us are, are nowhere near where we need to be on the business side of things, but we're we trying and, and it looks cool. And, and to get it to 40K, you know, that happened, like, kind of last week um, before she traveled home to South Africa. It's it's just crazy to be in this position and, and to see that, that whole page grow and, and be where it is, you know. Yeah, that's epic, man. So, you know, congratulations, and it's great to see growth and success anywhere in the world of bodyboarding. What is the biggest seller out of your range, man? You know, I looked at um, a couple of your items, and I was I was definitely digging them, but what's the biggest seller off your page? 
Um, it's mostly t-shirts, you know. I think I think that's where it's kind of cost-effective for everyone. Um, you know, I'm doing I'm doing a print-on-demand shop, so I'm not holding any stock. So it means that the margins are a little bit less, and the price to kind of like purchase are a little bit more expensive. And then you got your shipping costs on top of that. So, you know, the merch is not really like super cheap, but at the same time, I'm not making huge profits on it, which is kind of where I wanted to be. And at the time when I was moving around a lot and still traveling a lot, it was like, that seemed like the best option. But now that we kind of like set up here in the UK, and I know this is a whole nother discussion, but now that we're here and we kind of like set up, I'm almost thinking of maybe like trying to do more prints myself and kind of get that cost down so that all the boogie merch is kind of like bought down a little bit more. But for the time being, it's it's mostly tees and, and kind of when those are released, that's kind of when they boom and then they kind of just tick off on sales after that. Yeah, okay, cool. Fascinating business model, fascinating. And so you'd think you'd want to store maybe um, some more stock at your residency now. In, uh, you're in, is it Cornwall in the UK? Yeah, so I'm, I'm based down in Cornwall at the moment. That's kind of like the southwest. It's kind of the tip of, of the UK down all the way in the south. And um, yeah, is that where Danny Wall was from? Yeah, I think he's somewhere along that coastline. Um, you know, you kind of got like a, a little peninsula that sticks out, and it's got like a, a west coast, like a straight south, and with two big like um, coastlines that kind of jut out from there. And then you've got Epic. your east coast too. So there's like there's so many options for waves, and even in the summertime now, it's it's been pretty flat. But there's still like there's a lot of waves around and a lot of surfing to be done. It's so good, man. It's so cool. You just mix it up and said, hey, I'm going overseas and go to a completely different um, side of the country. You know, you've gone from the Southern Hemisphere all the way to the pretty much top of the Northern Hemisphere and you've gone to one of the more wilder places really to to hop on a boog and and get in the ocean. What have you seen so far and what's been the most enjoyable thing about England? Um, Yeah, it's... I mean, just the whole decision to move over, you know, it was it was never based on waves. And, you know, I get I got so many messages when like I initially like said to people that I was doing it. And I think that's the thing with social media, too, is like people criticize you on like the things that you do, like knowing that the person that you are. And like this was never about like just me. You know, I got I got married in December uh, last year. And congrats, bro. Congrats. Yeah, and, and my wife and I were just kind of like, I, I feel like South Africa was lacking a bit of opportunity for us, and we had the opportunity to come over here. Um, both of my grandparents from both sides of my parents were born in the UK. So, it you know, it was kind of an easier entry for me here. And we looked at it, I mean, we've been looking at it for the last two years and trying to make this decision. And um, my wife was working like 80-hour weeks, and... I just couldn't keep watching her kind of like put herself through that to, you know, just be successful. And I thought to myself, you know, like we need a change and I just needed something different and something that would kind of like get me amped and get me out there again. And this option came up and I just thought to myself, you know what, let's just give it a go and we can spend some money and we'll probably make some money over here and, you know, kind of pay it off really quickly just because of the exchange rates and yeah we we moved over here like it's like six months ago and we've been loving it and there's i mean i just the community here is so tight-knit and there's such a good group of bodyboarders here not i'm not saying like level wise but at the same time there's a lot of good bodyboarders 
but there's also just like a really sick community of people here and everyone's like super friendly and you know they all surf together a lot of the time and um as i said the waves aren't great because it's summertime but I think I'm really looking forward to the winter, but the thing that stood out for me the most about this area is just how beautiful it is. It's just like, it's picturesque, it's got these massive cliffs that like drop straight into the ocean and kind of, it really is raw and rugged out here and, and that's kind of what like really blew my mind about the whole place and I'm sure during the winter time with those big storms rolling in it's going to be something completely different. Yeah, I reckon you're going to be bunkering down, man. You know, I've seen you wear hood hood layers and probably like five fours and whatever. I reckon you're going six fives and you're just bobbing <laughs> up and down and see like just a big fur seal, you know what I mean? Like it's going to be crazy. I couldn't not imagine like, you know, for example here down in Bicoa, Tassie, you're getting water down to like, I don't know, like yeah eight maybe nine you know at times kind of thing like surely up there it's getting colder it's getting what four or five like i mean it's it's not it's, that cold you know it's like it's kind of weird when i arrived here in, in february i thought it was the biggest thing for me is in south africa you know the the coldest water temperatures are always in the summer months so you're still dealing yeah. with like 30 degrees outside but it's like you know below you know 10 around 10 like in the water but you still you can come out and you get warm super quick here it's like it can be like eight degrees but then it's like five or six out the water yeah the thing that really like kind of threw me because like i'm used to like it being cold like i don't mind it being cold but then when you get out and you're still cold that was like it's like a full shock to the system and i think that's where you don't have the solar to like kind of heat you up and, exactly, and you don't kind of yeah, yeah just, i know where you... in the elements the wind's pumping it's freezing cold like and any north winds that blow here are blowing like you know off off the arctic so it's like as cold as you can imagine it can be and then you got this yeah. like wind chill which is even colder so yeah just like you got to like kind of think about that kind of stuff and and i think you know i haven't really felt the cold like at its coldest point but i think when it gets there it's going to be super interesting to kind of ride in those conditions and I'd, i mean i rode with gloves and boots for a little bit when i first got here but i think in the heart of winter it's going to be the same and and yeah you got to give props to those guys that just kind of do it year after year man it's it's mind-blowing yeah it is it really is when i see all those you know crazy wild destinations around the world that are just covered in ice and people are like you know for example iceland or norway or you know any sort of place in the arctic circle the the um you know antarctica or anything like that like it's just insane to 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 see that all go down like you know i get cold and we all get cold, but then there's cold. And then there's, yeah. fuck off, my nipples are falling off cold. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. yeah, it's insane how there's certain spots. And I totally agree with the sun and what you're talking about before about, you know, the outdoor temperature of South Africa being so much warmer. And here in Australia is exactly the same. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter how cold it is when the sun pops out it always gives us that nice little warm feeling on the back where yeah you're right in the uk you don't get that like i spent i think it was 12 days in london and 10 of them were in this crazy share house where i didn't even really see a lot of day it was more like you know the veil of night and it was yeah it was one of those times it just 
flew on by. But, um, you know, like noticing that how cold and damp it was, man, and then like you would have just rip through your kind of clothes, you know, like because it was that just above freezing, you know, the dew point just above. So you get that moisture and get that super cold and it's just penetrating. It's insane. Yeah, you got it like, you know, I, and that's I kind of that's kind of where I am right now. It's kind of like a cool segue is that was the the best part about coming here is like you're not really knowing what you're going to expect. Um and I actually teamed up with with Finisterre and I I got some gear from them the other day. But you know, like companies that are based like here in the UK and they're making clothing and and like um outdoor wear for like the elements here. The clothing is like so insane. Like they make these like fleeces and jackets and stuff and I wore one a couple months ago and this thing is like so different to anything I've ever worn, you know. It's like 100% waterproof, like no rain's coming in and I think like once you get that kind of gear, I think that's where it like kind of really like, that really changes the whole thing and you're kind of like a little bit more comfortable in that situation. The wind's not cutting through you completely but it's still bloody cold, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. And are you wearing any of their gear now? Like, is that what you're going to wear into the the winter season? I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do some stuff with them. That's that's kind of the plan. Um, but I just I just kind of ordered a whole bunch of stuff for winter because from from here I'm going. You know, I'm up in in Bournemouth at the moment, which is kind of like closer to London um, with my parents, and I'll be here until Tuesday, and then I'm off to the Maldives for. Um, for like two weeks and then I was just about to ask you that if you're going to go do that comp so that that ticks that one off that's sick you're going to compete in that man that's epic um so yeah I do that then Sintra and then I'm going back to South Africa for for two weeks so it's like for the next two months I'm kind of not here so I kind of ordered that gear looking forward to winter time and kind of like getting ready for that so Oh man, that's such a nice treat to come back to. Having a package wrapped up of new winter clothes, dude, that you know is just going to be super legit. That's oh, yeah, you 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 prepared, man. You fucking planned this shit out. Like, I'm, yeah, I'd... I'm used to grabbing shit off the racks like on the day winter hits. Nah, these <laughs> these guys are like they're super prepared, and you know the people I've been spending a lot of the time with are the ones that are kind of like kind of pushing me into the right direction of of what to do and what to be prepared for because. You know, I've never done a winter here, and especially when you're surfing, I think you've got to be prepared for that kind of stuff. Definitely. You're going to go to some wild locations, and it's going to be wind, rain, and a shitload of weather, let's put it that way. And, man, like, because you're in such a cool part of um, the UK, you know, it's got so much culture and heritage, as you were speaking about, especially from, you know, a surfing aspect that's not so commonly found in the UK. What's it like having a beer in a pub over there? Like, is it is it nostalgic? Like, is it out of control? Like, just being in those sort of little locations with all the crew smashing pints like well, tell I, us about I, it bro I, I don't drink so i can't really say too much um but there's some there's, at all no i don't i don't drink at all um bro i can't hats off to you <laughs> i've had the last month off and it has been like not even planned but just like it just happened for some strange reason it's down to the fifth week which i'm super stoked about i did you know there's probably in the fourth week i had like two or three bourbons at um i'm gonna admit that just here and now so i'm just with a clean conscience it was at some uh 
social event, I can't remember. But, yeah, for the last five weeks, it's pretty much been a clean slate. And, man, it has a huge effect on the aches and pains in your body. You don't realise how much inflammation you're getting from alcohol at all times, you know. Like, I know that's a commonly known thing, and I know people probably fucking know that and don't really want to hear it because it's great having a beer, and I'm all about having beers too. Don't get me wrong. But, like, to be alcohol-free is 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 a big step towards achieving ultimate health like it's fucking sick for sure yeah i i struggled with you know at the end of 2018 kind of after i had this that like run of like three or four years of competition i really i developed a inflammatory bowel disease um called ulcerative colitis and it kind of started to flare okay. after the event in nazare in 2018 that was kind of like the end of the year and I'd been under a lot of pressure and I think just the stress of everything, you know, it was financial stresses and, and stresses of competing and just traveling a lot and kind of like not really being super conscious of like talking and, and my mental health. And I think that really put a lot of stress on me and that kind of led to this inflammatory bowel disease that I still got now. It's like kind of, you know, it's with me for life now. Um, but yeah just i kind of like stopped stopped drinking because of that because i had a flare and yeah i just i just never started again and every time i do drink it's like upsets my belly and i'm just like oh man i'd just rather not like deal with that um dude it's so that, such a mature approach to it yeah <laughs> that's a fucking like such a good way of like looking at it and it's like you you've just outweighed there or you've just sorry weighed up like is the pleasure worth the pain exactly and no right. it isn't and it's as you hard. move further into life sometimes you do get to that stage where the ple- the pleasure is not the is not outweighing the pain anymore that it there becomes a time where it kind of just balances out and you're like, fuck this. And it tips in the other direction and you just, yeah, you don't want to deal with it. And, and obviously because of your condition, it's a very smart move just in general, because it's very inflammatory at the, at like the best of times, but just for just people in general, man, like, you know, drinking is such a heavily accepted thing in Australian culture. And, and I think man, it's worldwide though, bro. It's not just us. Like it is. even here, here is crazy, man. Yeah, but we we graduated from England, man. We're just 250, 260, maybe 270 years behind, or just um, yeah, I guess from 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 their ilk. You know, it's just yeah, it's insane. Alcohol, anyway, is just it's such a poisonous thing. So it's it's cool to see that you're you're off the juice, man. And so, what do you do for then a good time? Like, could I ask you that? Like, what's a what's a naughty moment for Ian Campbell? I eat a lot of pastries, bro, and I'm not supposed to be eating a lot of pastries because gluten's the other devil, bro. But um, that's yeah. probably my my thing that I do. I don't like, man. What's your favorite I pastry? Man, there's some there's some almond croissants here that are so oh, bro. And yeah. I'm just like, and then I got into the jam donuts the other day, and you know how. That goes, <laughs> bro. Uh, once you stop, yeah. you just once you, when you pop, you can't stop. Like exactly, you got to eat them all. Bro. And then there's like, you know, there's like so many at the bakery too. So you're like, oh, I'll just get two or three and then they get consumed in a day. And then you're like, shit, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Eh? I know. Fuck, dude, man. I am also a sucker for huge baked treats. Like if I'm if I'm having a blowout and it's a Friday and I've been good all week and I've like fasted or I've tried to eat like, you know, good healthy food that doesn't have too much, you know, crazy yeah, gluten or carbs or sugar or whatever, which I'm a huge fan for sugar too, and Friday comes and, man, it is 
baked treats galore. It is like I love it is them, apple right. pies. Yeah, it is like meringues. It's lemon tarts. It could be, you know, raspberry cheesecakes. It could be a, a donut. Oh, like, bro, some, just a glazed donut. It's crazy Cornish pasties here too, which are like, you know, oh, yeah. basically pies. So I've been, I've been sampling a couple of those too and some sausage rolls. So, man, oh, just like, delicious. you know, it's endless here, bro. There's so many, there's so many options, but that's kind of my blowout. My blood food is is the the old pastries, bro. That's sick. Oh, yeah. have you been to any soccer games, man? Since you got to the UK, like obviously English Premier League is wild over there. Have you been to any of the I matches? I haven't been to any. That's that's all kind of up country. Like where I'm staying down in the southwest, it's pretty pretty far from you know like a big kind of city. Like the closest city is probably an hour yeah. from us. Um, and I'm not even too sure if they've got a soccer team. So I haven't been to see any any kind of sports at the moment um like just getting kind of settled and getting the wife into some work and trying to figure out what i'm going to do as as being the priority so i'm sure i'll get there at some stage because um, i really i have to go to one at least yeah yeah you're 100 oh man because i'm thinking now you're obviously England, you're in the time zone dude the ashes is about to, to it has just started yeah must be must be on the way what? Yeah, no, no, no. As in, like, it's the playing right day. now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Last day, Australia needs two hundred and forty-nine to, to. I think if we draw or win, we retain the Ashes, and if England wins, they get the yeah, Ashes. Think, I'm I pretty think you sure. Guys have got it already. Have we? I'm pretty sure it's. Yeah, I think it's a draw. Even if England. Oh yes, my mistake. Sorry. Yes, yeah. we do. But that was super offer because it was a shit way to win them. It was a because the fourth test was really rained out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mistake. Yeah, so, yeah. Something, but something weird happened. I, I haven't been following. I don't really follow much much of that. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Enough. I know you're probably so bodyboard obsessed. I'm just like putting my eggs in another basket too with sport. I'm I'm a bit like you with um bodyboarding income avenues i'm i'm just like that with sport i get so obsessed with anything god man i just love watching like live sport you know like if i can stay up and watch say fronton or rika or obviously the male dives in a really good time frame too so i'll definitely have a watch of that but um yeah like talking about the male dives man and talking about you know your prep coming into the comp how you feeling and and how you can approach that that rampy fucking left bowl over there Man, I'm I'm super pumped because I saw Mark post a, a photo the other day and it looks like flipping pop, bro. It looks so good. Um, the, the big problem for me is I haven't surfed a lot of like decent waves for a while now. Um, you know, I got got here in February, only really got down a corner in April, so I haven't really been surfing too many waves. So the competition like mindset's kind of like gone out the window i just really want to go and have some fun and just really enjoy myself and kind of like you know i've been riding a lot of drop knees so i'm going to focus a little bit on the on the drop knee event out there and kind of just try and have more fun than i used to have like i really used to put a lot of pressure on myself and that's never it stops being fun after a while um but yeah my, my plan is to definitely go out there and just have a good time and see everyone again it's been a little while so go do that and yeah uh i'm really keen on that that left bowl though that thing looks mental bro is this your first time at the maldives at that location first time yeah so i'm i missed last year 
for some reason. I can't remember what it was, but I, I was going to go, and then I think ticket prices were just too much, and it was going to kind of, like, kill the budget. So I just kind of decided to rather do uh, the end of the year, I think it was. I think it was easier to do Sintra than it was to do the Maldives. Yeah, okay, yeah, from your location, and that was in Africa at the time, eh? Yeah, from, from South Africa. I mean, the flights there were stupidly priced, so... Yeah, your location in the world is one of the hardest to get to, eh? Like, yeah, honestly, so I, and wild. Australia is wild too, but yeah, I think you're on another level. Yeah, it's just like, and this is kind of what I think a lot of people don't understand, is like, you know, we had an airline in South Africa, South African Airways, which was like, it was decent for a very long time, and then it kind of like went into bankruptcy and then it closed and those flights were mostly like you you could hop on a flight and go like straight across to brazil you know or you could fly i think you could do like johannesburg to maybe sydney i think or maybe to sorry to um where was it now i think you could kind of like fly into the west coast of australia but you could never like you know, it was like easy flights. You could just kind of like hop on and get to. You go straight to Perth. To Perth, correct, yeah. But yeah, now, sweet. You gotta, now you got to flip and fly to Dubai or to Doha in yeah. Qatar to get anywhere. So you're already doing like nine hours longer than anyone. And for South America, you got to go Cape Town, Dubai, which is like nine hours. And then you got to go Dubai, Brazil, which is like 14 hours. And you do oh that for goodness. every event, bro. Man, like, you must be so wrecked by the time you get there. Man, I was like, you like try and do these like travel hacks. Like I was trying to like stay awake and try and get myself on the time zones as quickly as I could. So like I would, <laughs> it's like the craziest thing to think about now. But I was like trying to like hack my my own like sleep cycle so that I was kind of like in time with wherever I was going. So I was trying to do that like on the flight. So I would like... I could. Ian, you there? Oh, dude, I just lost you there for the last five seconds. So you were saying that you were just on the flight doing sleep cycles? Yeah, I was trying to like, kind of like hack the my sleep and try and like do like five minutes, you know, like, sorry, like five hours uh, later and try and go to sleep and then try and like, you know, like hack into like sleeping on the time zone that we were going to, if we we're going to like Brazil or Chile or whatever it would be. And it kind of yeah. like, you know, it never really worked, but like that jet lag is always so gnarly and that travel is just so tiring, man. Get to places Dude, like 30 to 40 hours. Yeah, I was just about to say, in those like times, you know, of travel and, and you, you, your body's needing, what are you doing to keep yourself in relative shape? You know, like I'm not saying that you're doing like push-ups and workouts in the airports, but like are you supplementing? Are you, are you doing breathing? Are you doing some sort of meditation? Like do you, do you use that travel time wisely? Like is there something you like to do before comps to get yourself in the zone? Like, you know, you're a very competitive dude and so many of you South Africans are, man. Like I even joke about it with Michael Osler, Michael Osler sorry, all the time in the surf. Every time we go for a wave somewhere, he marks around with you, but in the back of his head, he is playing a game and he is trying to beat you at anything we are doing, whether it being like throwing a piece of scrunched up paper in a bin that's five metres away or trying to get the next best barrel over surge and, and do a backflip out. You know, it's just 
is crazy. And I take my hats off to you guys because you've, you've, you've pretty much presented some of the most insanely high-performance bodyboarding the world's seen in, in the last couple of decades. If you look at the, the some of the recent world champions, especially in the last decade, half of them you could say are from South Africa. So it's pretty it's pretty mind-boggling. But, like, back to my question, man, what are your methods, you know? What do you put in place? Well, I, th- I don't think it's so much like just before the events. You know, I think it's like that whole build-up of the year. Um, I, was, I was training... So kind of like before 2013 to 2016, I was kind of like just with a personal trainer. Um, he was some guy that my mom was training with because, I mean, I was born into a family of kind of athletes and I've spoken about this quite a lot. You know, my all, my whole family was very sports related, all water-based sports. So my mom was a professional swimmer. My dad was a, a rower, like a, an oarsman. So he rowed like... Um, those life-saving boats and then my brother was a was a paddler and he did life-saving and so we all grown up like around the ocean and it's always been a competitive environment for me and I think that's you know when you when you get put in that environment and then as a kid you grow up like I grew up with with Michael and like it was always competition right like every everything we did you know if it was playing soccer on the beach or whether it was like you know, the first person to get changed or it doesn't matter what it was. Like everyone was kind of like always like in that competition mindset. And I think when we grew up, that was how it always was. And those, you know, those myself, Jared, Tristan, um, Sasha Specker, we all kind of in the same kind of age bracket where we all grew up in that same kind of environment here in South Africa well, there in South Africa at least. And I think that's what kind of like as a kid really motivates you to when you're getting older to kind of like keep that mindset going. And when I was going, you know, 2013 to 2016 and even 2017, I kind of like had a a person like kind of coaching me, but it was more like fitness coaching. So I was more like in the gym kind of working on strength and kind of getting my legs as strong as possible, getting my shoulders as strong as possible, like injury prevention that was always like my my big focus because i thought to myself if i can be stronger and more fit than everyone else i can out paddle anyone and when it got to like 2017 2018 sorry it's crazy amber going past then sorry everyone (laughs) yeah when it when it got to like 2017 2018 i found philip nell in in cape town who i you know i've spoken about him too quite a lot and he he worked more on my mental and that's kind of where i think everything really clicked um and i'm sure a lot of the guys are doing the same i'm i know tristan's working with you know like a psychologist and and working on like his his strength training and lifting heavy weights and like and i don't think everyone has to lift heavy weights and be like super supple and you know you know like be like louis who's like an absolute animal but i think like if you want to get your bodybuilding to the next level, I think weight training is a sick way to do it. And, you know, I look at guys like Jake Stone now, who's like kind of like, he's putting out some of the craziest, sickest content. And some of the stuff that I've been doing for a very long time is like the stuff that he talks about a lot. Um, you know, like kind of general maintenance, like rolling out on like foam rollers and stuff like that. Like guys never think of doing that, but it's so helpful when you, when you, 
getting your body and putting your body through so much pressure so often, like, you know, you're doing those big flip tricks or you're doing big innies into the flats or you're getting slammed by waves like constantly for like three hours. And then you go to the pub at night, you drink a whole bunch of booze and then you go and try and do that the next day. Then you really realize how like your body is getting so affected. And I kind of like figured out that if you can surf that hard and kind of like roll your body out and keep your body so ready for the next day like that's the best training that you can do because then you can surf at that high level the next day and when you look at guys like Jeff and Dave and Mark Stewart and you know the guys that have been doing it for a long time and doing it at a very high level that's what those guys are doing you know Jeff's stretching every morning every evening Dave like wakes up hours before everyone else and's done like a full stretching routine before you've even woken up and those guys are like they're so supple and so ready and I think that's kind of where the difference is on the performance side of things because the guys now have to do that because everyone's doing it now. You have to follow along. And I think that's where, you know, I, I kind of was lucky because I got into that a lot earlier than everyone else and I kind of like figured that out. And, and that's kind of what was prepping me. And I still do it now. I still, you know, I train two to three times a week still and try to keep my body in the best you know, physical um, kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the best physical shape that I can keep it in for for the time that I'm going to be, you know, riding a bodyboard. Shout out to E-Dub and Dallas Singer's mom and everybody's mom and all the Grammys having fun. Hey, sorry for that small interruption. We're just back here with Ian Campbell, 2017 world champion, and we're speaking about his routines before an event. And I was just wanted to ask you, Ian, in regards to your um, exercise routine for a normal gym session, and then do you do any um, therapies after, like, say, sauna or ice bath for muscle relaxation? So I, I was doing a little bit, of, little bit of ice bathing, but it's just we just don't have the space right now. Um, but you know, before, before I was, when I was competing quite a lot, it was more kind of focused on strength training. Um, there's like a, a function, what's it called now? I never remember the name of this, but like your, your functional training, which is kind of like your, your plyometrics, which is that kind of getting on boxes and kind of all the movements that you would be doing day to day. Um, so any jumping, any kind of like stretching of the muscles, like expanding and contracting of the muscles and trying to get those as strong as possible. That was where my focus was. And when I had the trainer in 2017 and 2018, as much as he was helping with the, um, you know, strength and conditioning, it was also about the mental side of things. And I think that's where everyone's kind of at at the moment is they've, you know, they've. I know Tristan for sure has got, you know, a strength coach as well as a mental coach. And I think it's super important. Um, yeah, I think a lot of the guys really struggle with that. And, I mean, I, I struggle a lot with kind of like self-doubt. And I know a lot of athletes do too. But it's like, you know, you you kind of get, you know, like when you introduced me, I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm all that, you know. And that's like instantly where my head goes, where, you know, I I am a world champion and I have done that before. It's like at the same time, it's like my mind just kind of like goes into this like humble like, Oh no, like, let's rather not talk about that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> super, it's super weird, and but I, I know it happens to a lot of athletes, and I know one of the big athletes that it happens to is Chris Amour. And I was actually speaking to her mental coach, who's Daniel Zimbra, 
Kuku. I'm sure a lot of a lot of the Australians know from Hawaii. And um, yeah, he was kind of like he kind of like helped me with a few things um, a few years ago that I was really battling with. And and I think that's that's the biggest part of of competition. You know, you can I can surf as much as I want, and I can get to the point where I'm like super confident and feeling strong and everything else. But if your head's not in the right place, like you just fall apart and and that's the big thing in competition and especially now you know with with guys like like Tanner doing what he's doing and you know kids from Chile like Moises Silva and and all those groms and all those guys, kids coming through that are doing like Erebus out of the bowl at Eureka it's like your head's got to be in the right place otherwise these guys are going to smoke you and I think that's that's kind of my focus on on this trip now is just make sure my head's in the right place and kind of like that positive talk the whole time and then just go into the event and enjoy myself because I really can't take it too seriously. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, you know, you've, you're definitely going with a, with a really cool mindset there because a lot of the time you do throw caution to the wind and kind of take the pressure off yourself. You can perform in different ways and you can perform in a way that's more of a flow state and you're just doing because you know how to bodyboard so well and you've done it for such a period of time that you've got a backflip on lock, you know, you've got an air reverse on lock, you can invert on lock, you can just do those things and, and draw those lines and it becomes, um, yeah, as you said, less of a, a mental mind game and more of just you doing and succeeding and you know knowing that you're worthy of doing that and knowing that you've done it all before and you can do it all over again muscle memory is a beautiful thing and and um yeah when you just let your body do what it what it's meant to do it, it can it can just do it i know it sounds so simple and you know kind of almost stupid to say but it's just let the body do what the body is capable of doing and <laughs> i've heard that so it's so, so true though it's like you know and and that's the thing is, is we, you know, all of us do it, you know, no matter if you, and that's the big thing that everyone, well, I get a lot of these questions on like, you know, like, oh, how do you do this? Or how do you do that? Or do you have tips on this? Or do you have tips on that? And I'm like, no, I don't. Like, it's just becomes that muscle memory. And it's so hard to explain that. But when you do find that flow state, and I'm, I'm sure everyone that's riding at like an intermediate to like, advanced level of bodyboarding when you get in the water and like that day just clicks and everything is just easy and you're doing flips and you're like landing moves that you were like just throwing out there that's like that's when the riding feels the best man and if you can get into that more often i mean it's like you know that's what you really want and it feels damn good too yeah, yeah, definitely. And do you feel like from that outlook, you're now having more fun with bodyboarding because you've taken the pressure off a little bit and you're kind of more just, you know, not at ease with your um, past successes, but just like just happy to be bodyboarding more so than striving to be this this crazy driven animalistic competitor? 100%, bro. Yeah, you just nailed it there. It's like I think when, you know, that's kind of like – I haven't really told anyone this, but like my, I think my competition days are really limited, and and I don't really see myself competing after this year, um, at least not at the level that I was, you know, for the last five or six years. So, I just like now that I when I look at surfing, I just look at surfing because I want to surf, not because I need to surf, and that kind of like want and need is such a crazy thing like i'll get in 
if it's half a foot and onshore and kind of like you can just do rolls you know instead like back in the day i was like what's the point you know like i can go and it would like have to really push myself to get into those conditions and and right now i'm just loving it and i think it's so refreshing to be in this mind space of like i'll just go in because i want to go in and get wet rather than just going into because i have to and because i know it'll help my surfing and it's it's so sick to be in that position and i'm super grateful for that yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're in a blessed position, man. Do you feel like doing it the way that you've done it? So you've gone from, you know, really focusing heavily on competitive bodyboarding and then, you know, succeeding there and then and then moving more down a path, say, free surfing. Do you feel that's the best, um, the best like, methodology of how to play it out? Or do you feel like, you know, free surfing and then maybe having a go at com- competition and then, you know, you, do you know what I mean? Is there like a method to the madness of like how you approach it? I mean, I can't really say, you know, I think everyone's got to do their own thing. Like for me, the competition thing was always something that I did. So it kind of like just felt natural. And I, even like, I mean, even at the beginning of this year, you know, I felt like compelled to go and compete because that's my profile. My profile is that I'm a competi- competitor. So I must go compete. And like, at the beginning of this year with our massive change of like, you know, moving across the whole world, um, it was just like, it was not feasible and it was not, I was not able to do it. And it was kind of refreshing because I was like, okay, cool. Like, what do I do next? You know, and I, each to their own. But for me personally, you know, I've, I've been so fortunate to just kind of like grow this platform with originally with, you know, the AP or the APB at the start you know when Alex was kind of running it and that's where I got most of my growth from like winning those events and kind of like being put up there and being kind of like pushed in the media side of things you know that's that's where I grew I grew most of my following and so I can never say like you know you can just be a free surfer and kind of like do what I'm doing because I've had so much help from the competition side of things but for now like definitely that's where my focus is like I'm going to focus on free surfing and doing trips and kind of coachings and and just doing stuff that I want to do instead of like kind of going to the same locations year after year and I just kind of like really getting tired with that man. Yeah, yeah, for sure man. I can only imagine the grind would just be consistent and and just downright fucking annoying by the end really because like yeah as you said if you're not getting anything any any back out of it why continue on why keep you know flogging a dead horse but it's just you, you you're not gonna collect anything man you know thinking about your position now in the uk and thinking about free surfing you're at the doorstep at so many crazy locations coming into winter especially up north what's the first location you want to hit when you see you know that first swell of the winter man like for as long as i can remember i've always wanted to get to riley's in ireland like i mean like you know everyone knows i put a lot of time in in hawaii and i think that was like it's always been a sick wave to you know surfing pipeline and everything else but like that riley's wave and the stuff i've heard about it and just kind of getting into that and just trying to like really get some decent size swell and then watching marley's video last year i was just like holy shit man that is a wave that i have to surf so that's probably like right up there on my list of things to do um 
especially because I think, you know, Ireland's such a special place and I think watching all the videos that I have seen, there's just like so much sick content around there and um, you know, when I when I look at these things I, I look at it in the content aspect right now because, you know, that's that's where my my position is as a bodyboarder is like I'm kind of a content creator more than I am a bodyboarder right now because I've got to figure out, you know, like what the brands want, how we can kind of like contribute to what the brands want, but at the same time for me to enjoy myself and have fun and surf waves that I've always wanted to surf. So it's that's like weird like kind of like way up of like, okay, yeah, for sure I've never been to Bali and I really want to go to Bali, but at the same time it's like, well, I can't go now, so like what's the next best thing? Okay, well, winter's coming up, so let me like look at like, you know, the the big three for me would be like, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales, and because those three are so close, I'm just like, well, the next, you know, four months or three months after I get back, so like October, November, December, is like that's when those places just go off. So it gets a little bit cold, but I'm sure we can deal with it. But that's that's kind of where my focus is right now on Riley's first, and then kind of like the wedges in in Wales, and then going up to Scotland, and kind of like really doing a good stint in Scotland, if not now like definitely next year kind of like when it's springtime when it starts to get a bit warmer yeah beautiful and so that's that's an amazing plan i'm just thinking in my head are you going to be vlogging um it all through gopro or are you thinking about taking a a filmer or have you got any sort of concepts in the works like what's to go there i'll definitely take someone with me um I can't, the the GoPro stuff, I mean, it's like I've, it's exactly what you were saying earlier, you know, I've been flogging a dead horse, it's like, you can only do so much with that, and I think, at the oh, same yeah, but time, it is a good aspect, let's just clarify that, there. like, you sure. know, a lot it's, of your success through YouTube is definitely through that GoPro, man, and it gives sure. people a position of view, like it's listed as, that not, you, you cannot obtain without that sort of footage or even under to remotely understand what it's like to ride a bodyboard you know so yeah there's a place for it for sure you can't talk that down no for sure no but it's just it just for me personally you know it's like i've been doing it for a very long time now it's been like yeah four four years of gopro footage and i just want to do things different and i think that's more what i'm saying is like i feel like i've done so much with that that like i can't just go and try and travel with a GoPro now when I want to be making the channel bigger and I want to kind of like grow that aspect of the, you know, of my content creation. So I've got to kind of like have someone coming along with me and, and filming that kind of stuff. And I don't have many concepts in the work at the moment because I'm just kind of focused on these next two months and I've got a couple coachings that I'm doing in October. So that's really like where my focus is going. But thereafter, I'll kind of like probably when I'm in South Africa and, and on these coachings, I'll start to like formulate some plans on, on what I really want to do and, and which brands I can kind of get on board to, to kind of really make these things a success and make them super rad. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, <clears throat> I'm sure there's some, some local brand, brands around the area that would dive at the chance, man, of you, you know, going to visit some pretty remote locations around the area and just, you know, even if they were like, um, you know like local local food and supplements or local like uh clothing brands all, all all that kind of jazz there'd be so much cool stuff going on up there that would yeah they would i'm sure that would take you on with um your following and stuff and and 
what's the what's the um number one feeling you want to get from your your time over there and like have you set out a goal it's just like this is this is what i kind of want to achieve living in the uk like is there anything that's been a desire like that you just want to really nail down i don't uh, that's a hard one to answer i just like i i don't really have many goals for being here i just kind of like i want to just surf for the love again um I just felt like I was so lost in my life for so long. And now coming over here, it's like the sense of like adventure and seeing new places and doing new things and, you know, with a whole bunch of different people. And that's super refreshing in my eyes and something that I'm like really focused on. Um, but, you know, the scene here too is it's kind of like died off quite a lot. And I'm hoping that, you know, my involvement sharing kind of like getting into this bodyboard community kind of like reinvigorates that and and definitely pushes the level like that's something that i would love to see like from my own writing is just like guys being like okay well that can be done you know on waves and and we want to kind of push ourselves to be at that level so i think if you know if i was put to put a goal to it it would be like kind of just like really like reinvigorate and energize the kind of people around us here in in the uk and just kind of show you know show where the level of bodyboarding can go without kind of puffing my chest out too much but like i just you know i don't think a lot of guys have seen that level of bodyboarding and i kind of really want to push that aspect of it yeah okay sweet and that's going to be done through the camps you've got coming up i saw some posted for cornwall in the coming weeks yeah so so we got it's mostly in october so I've, i'm actually doing one in france first um i go across to france there was a there's a bodyboard school i think ben's been there and jerry and dave and so now they've they've asked me to go over which is super exciting so i'll go over to france for a couple of days and then yeah rob barber who's one of the old school bodyboarders here um he runs bodyboard holidays and they're putting on a camp here so we'll do a two-day camp to start off with and then hopefully we can look at putting a few more of those on and those are really focused they're kind of like you know the higher performance bodyboarding where we want to teach guys moves and and help guys progress in those two days and i think with your video analysis and kind of like helping people really like nail down certain things that's that's super possible so i'm really pumped on that and and that's kind of like you know that's also kind of like another branch of my youtube was these instructional videos and it's it's something that i've really it's blown my mind you know i was in hawaii a couple years ago and people were like oh i learned to roll from your video on youtube and that's like it actually like kind of shows that you can be on the other side of the world making a video that someone will watch and is actually going to really help them to enjoy the sport more and that was it's super rad bro yeah, man. Well, that's actually really funny because I sometimes think the same about this podcast that I'm doing out of my bedroom and study here in, in Sydney, Australia. It's like, you know, it's the small little things that make it can make a huge difference. And, and you know, I know that's been an overused term from time to time. It's pretty oversaturated. But you're right. Like those, those one percenters that you're doing and are reaching other people around the world just like that and you're, and you're seeing that as you're, you're you're making your way around the world the the way you know we're all interconnected these days and you can get your message out so quickly and dramatically um is insane you, you know what i mean I think, it's so yeah it, it is 
it is sick and and what you're doing is is um you know it's it's a great medium to do it off man like it's it's something people can interact with and they get a lot of um they get a, they get a lot of comfort out of it you know because it's 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 like so, say for example me man like if i watch you know just just as an example like if i need to do something at home or a diy project i haven't done before and there's someone online on youtube showing me how to do x y and z for underneath the sink or you know putting a powerpoint in whatever you know what i mean the same goes for you with with bodyboarding exactly the same as you were saying those demonstrations or those um stretching vids or the preparation or showing people just even how to wax your boards up and all that kind of stuff like there's there's things that people just take for granted and people you know i see it all the time especially here in cronulla with a mix of core lords and core queens but a lot of um you know different ranges of bodyboarding and surfing because of where we live and it's a metropolitan area i see it all the time i see it all the time that people just don't know the one percenters and it ruins their surf or, or, or their time in the ocean and from your videos that's the leg up that you get and i really think that's one of the key reasons for your success because you can relate to just the average joe who wants to go bodyboarding and you're bringing it back to grassroots instead of being so um you know and that comes back to the gopro and the pov kind of style because it, it's it's more interconnected it's more grassroots it's more like you know you're getting the feel for it instead of being the high whiz and bang production that you know we've been so accustomed to see throughout our time you know i, I think that's what been the biggest success for social media with a lot of its downfalls is that you can connect on a real basic but satisfying level with a lot of human beings around the world on the smallest of like like ideas or concepts or 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 maneuvers so to speak like a role but it to be so to have so much reach and to have so much power on some you know like it's just for sure yeah it's crazy information power it's crazy yeah it is for sure but i mean like what you said there is so true you know it's and that's kind of where I've taken my social media is like the thing I wanted to do was show how relatable my surfing is to someone that maybe has never surfed or is just starting to surf and the only way to get relatable is to kind of like show the mistakes show the falls don't have to always have this like high production high you know high resolution video but like if I can get my point across and and show people that it's fun and it's entertaining but at the same time it can still be high production and you know on that top tier level it's like that's the best part about it it's like bodyboarding reaches so many different people of so many different levels but you have to be able to be relatable to all of those levels and that's that's something that i really wanted to do you know whether it be like duck diving videos or whether it be showing people that you know like I'm going to slam or don't get to the lip on time or whatever it might be, you know. I think it's it's getting content that's relatable to everyone that's key on social media success. And I think that's where, you know, I found this out a while ago and that's kind of been my focus on the social media side is just to keep putting relatable content out and then people can relate to it and will start to, you know, follow or just kind of watch that 
Yeah, and just absorb it and take it in. I think you're doing a great job with it, Ian, man. I take my hat off to you. And, dude, I want to um, finish up on that high note, bro. I just really appreciate your time and, and, and you know, your your insights and coming on Luke's Lounge and just um, giving, us a, giving us a little keyhole entry into what makes you tick and, and how everything's unfolding for you over in the UK and, and what's next for you, bro. And I think there's... Um, there's some exciting things ahead with your free surfing. We can't wait to keep watching your channel and see what you produce in um, the coming months as, as winter fast approaches there in, in Europe. So fucking shackers to you, bruh. Yeah, thanks so much, bro. And yeah, I appreciate your guys' time too. You know, I, I know it's not, this is not a simple thing and that's, I think people just like take it for granted. So you guys are doing an amazing job and um, yeah, you guys have got my support always. Uh, thanks for just producing sick content and um you know lifting the boogie world up i think it's it's super important that brands like like riptide come back and i'm just super pumped that you guys did it and and are keeping you know keeping it on so yeah all the success to you guys and and thanks for your time bro i really appreciate it too dude thank you again that's that's really nice of you man keep well and, and good luck in the mail dogs can't wait to see how it all goes thanks my bro we'll chat soon Cheers, bro. Giddy up. Cheers. You? It was all a pipe dream. Watching body boarded.